0: Welcome to the River of Life Church Podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC, and enjoy the sermon. There's power in prayer. Prayer is what changes things. In fact, do you know the first miracle you ever experienced was through prayer? The miracle of salvation, when you pray the prayer of salvation, that supernatural miracle of going from darkness to light, from death to life, transpired. The greatest miracle that will ever happen in anyone's life is the miracle of salvation. Amen? So allow prayer to be a part of your life. It'll make it very simple. Just follow that guide each day so that you can be a part of the great army of prayer. Assembly of God churches all over the entire United States. That is, is over 16,000 plus churches, and all of their constituents are joining together with us. We are one army as a battering ram in the hands of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited. I believe God's given me a prophetic word to start this new year, a prophetic word for your life a prophetic word that we need to remember and call to account time and time again because things are changing on God's clock sometimes we hear people say that sometimes we may read that but the fact remains is the return of Jesus Christ is closer than ever and because of his return that means there are a series of events that will unfold. And what we're seeing in nations around the world, the decay we're seeing in this nation, all of it is a sign showing us that the end is drawing near when men and women's hearts will wax cold. The church will begin to compromise the message of salvation. There are churches that are embracing universalism that there is no hell if there is no hell why do we open our doors if there is no hell why did Jesus speak on hell more than he did heaven if there is no hell there's no reason for a savior Satan wants to change the narrative and don't change your narrative just to fit in we more than ever need to be the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking truth with wisdom Speaking truth with love, but yet speaking truth when truth is necessary in the moment. How would the world ever know what sin is? How will the world ever know what salvation means if we the church, his spokespeople, the ones that were given the Great Commission, don't speak up? More than ever, we need to be the voice like John the Baptist. Preparing the way for our Lord's return. How many of you celebrated New Year's Eve yesterday? Many of us, all of us. Whether you wanted to or not, you did. (laughs) You don't stop the hands of time. People around the world, on the other side, the down-underside, Australia, New Zealand countries in that time zone, they celebrated first, being ahead of us. And then we here, on this side of the globe, celebrated the new year at midnight Eastern time. People are excited, celebrating. Why? Because the future also brings new opportunities. The future also brings new beginnings. There are a lot of people who feel like, I I just didn't nail it or or quite get it right in, 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 in this previous year, but this next year, 2023... I, I, I am committed, I'm dedicated to seeing certain things come to pass in my life. I need to be disciplined. I need to change these things. I need God to move in this area. You know, with the new year, always comes with new opportunities that we can embrace so that we can see the fulfillment of things we are still waiting on. But with all of the excitement, the new year can also be what? Intimidating. Why? Because with the future... It's also the unknown. How many of you know what your future holds? I didn't say who holds your future. I said, how many of you know what your future holds? None of us do. And so that being said, the unknown can be challenging. What can I expect? What will happen? What will I face? That's what I want to help you with today. So let's take a moment to look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it, for you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my Isn't it comforting to know that the God of yesterday, the God of today, and the God of tomorrow is already in our future? He's already there. What does this mean then when we consider this truth? It tells us that God controls the open door. You don't control it. God controls the open door. Did you know that an open door is always preceded by a closed door? Sometimes when a door closes, people get so upset. The door closes on a job opportunity. That was for me, I knew it. If a door closes on a relationship. They're missing God, right? It can't ever be us. A closed door is not a bad thing. In fact, for believers, it's a God thing. Did you hear me? He controls the open door. That's why if a door closes, get ready for your next opportunity. Prepare yourself for what God is saying in this next phase of your life. The opening and closing of doors, do you know they're all part of my first point, change. If you go and look in the Old Testament, 1 Kings 17, verses 5 through 7, you'll see a prophet there by the name of Elijah. How many of you are familiar with Elijah? He's one of my biblical heroes. And in this portion of Scripture, let's look at it together. So he, Elijah, went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Now, to set the stage a little bit, there was a famine and drought throughout all the land of Israel and surrounding regions. It was all due to the sin of Ahab and Jezebel because they had erected idols. And they were worshiping demon gods and forsaken the faith of their fathers. It had brought a curse on the nation because God can't protect what doesn't belong to Him. And we decide if it's mine or if it's His. And because Ahab and Jezebel had denied the things of God, denied the Word of God, denied the ways of God... They had opened the door for Satan to inflict pain and misery on that nation. It's the laws of reciprocity, reaping what you sow. So during this time, after Elijah said there'll be no rain until it comes from my mouth as God leads me, he was led by the Holy Spirit to the brook Cherith. For three and one half years, he was there. For three and one half years, God refreshed him from that water and God fed him supernaturally in the morning and in the evening through ravens. Two meals a day, that's the European plan. I guess we could say that's the Mideastern meal plan. And here God faithfully provided for him while the man of God was told to wait in seclusion until the Lord told him it was time for the next move. You'll find that after three and one half years, God begins to shake things for Elijah. The brook dries up. There's no more water. And so because of no provision, it was necessary for the man of God to move to the next place where the Lord would provide for him until he was commanded for the heavens to open and the rains to come upon the earth and so this closed door meant that change was coming for Elijah the brook dries up can't remain there anymore the door was closed now did Elijah get angry did Elijah argue with God no he obeyed he understood the principle that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and sometimes God orchestrates our steps through transition, through change, by closing a door so that it's impossible for us to remain where we were any longer because God has something new for our lives. God orchestrates transition. How many of you believe that? Amen. Look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, part of our text. These things says, He who is holy, He who is true, He who has the key of David, He who opens, who opens? The Lord. He who opens and no one can shut. And shuts and no one can open. You see, when God shuts a door, it's not a bad thing. It simply means he has something new for us. How many of you in 2022 have seen doors close? Now here you are in transition. My word to you is God has something new for you. It's not bad, it's not evil. No evil comes from the hand of the Lord. But there is something new for your life. However, you'll find that when God shuts a door, human nature always is resistant to this transition. Studies show that people do not like change, even when change is good. So they argue, they wrestle with it, they resist it. Which is why transition presents a challenge. Whenever there's change, we're, we're moved out of our comfort zone. It means a new way of thinking, a new way of doing things at times. A new way of dealing with circumstance, situation in our lives. and Organizing and then hearing the voice of God. When change comes, it's very important that we just don't take a chance. It's not like going to a raffle and purchasing a ticket and hoping your name is called. God wants to speak to us during transition. God wants to speak to us during change. He will unfold his purposes. He will unfold his ways. He will unfold his wisdom if we seek him. If we seek him with all of our hearts, scripture says, we'll find him. So it's, it's not hide and seek with the Lord. It's simply building relationships, seeking his face. Seeking His presence, asking Him His opinion, His direction, Lord, what do You desire for Craig Lauderback in 2023? Your prayer should be the same. What do You desire for my life in 2023? God has a plan for you. You're not happenstance. You are divinely created. There's a plan and a purpose. So many times we we can. Believe the lie that says we're so insignificant. But I'm here to tell you, those of you who are parents, those of you who are grandparents, which one of your children or which one of your grandchildren are the insignificant ones? How much more, our Heavenly Father? You are significant. Don't judge your significance by how others look at you. Do you hear me? Judge your significance by how God views you. And you are the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ Jesus. Thank God for His faithfulness. Thank God that He has no favorites. People may have favorites, but God doesn't. He loves us equally. Isn't it astounding when you look at the the prodigal? The one son was faithful. The prodigal had strayed but came back. But yet God still had no favorites. He loved His prodigal who had returned. As much as he loved the son who remained faithful and steadfast. See, God desires relationship and intimacy. We are his family. When I did that whole series, the epic Christmas story, it was all about God desiring a family. That's why Jesus came. And so God does not say you're insignificant, but you have great worth, you have great value, You have great significance in His kingdom. But when transition comes, it's challenging. Why? When we step through an open door, we're stepping into the unknown. We always want to get it all laid out in advance. No surprises. I'm very methodical. I'm very organized. My timelines, everything. Because there is so much on my plate I can't afford not to be organized if God is going to get the maximum out of my life for His glory. But even as organized as I can be, there is still the unknown. There are always things we don't account for or plan for. They're called, here's the word, surprises. How many of you have ever been surprised by life? But when we know the Lord has already orchestrated That he already knows the future because he's standing in the future waiting for us. That's why he is best in leading and directing our steps. When we start taking control of our own lives, we rob the Holy Spirit from orchestrating divine appointment to divine appointment to divine appointment to divine appointment. There are divine appointments waiting for his people. But when you step into the unknown, how do you deal with it? Simple word, faith. Everybody say faith. Stepping into the unknown involves faith. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The righteousness of God is revealed from what? Faith to faith. Notice the transition. Notice the journey. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. What is faith for? When we look at the unknown, we have confidence. Lord, I, I'll give you my all. I'll give you my best. And we allow Him to direct our steps. Look at Romans 4.17, this word faith again. Faith calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Look at Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by how? The Word of God. So if we're going to deal with change, if we're going to deal with the challenge that comes with change, and the transition that by nature we're resistant towards, then we have to make sure we are positioning ourselves as a person of faith, a man of faith, a woman of faith. And that means if the Word says faith comes by hearing, and hearing from His Word, then that means the way we build our faith, the way we feed our faith, the way we exercise our faith is when we are spending time in His Word. This book is just not historical. It is history. But it's beyond history. It's supernatural. It's spiritual manna. When you read this book, when you speak this book, when you study this book, you are feeding spiritual manna into your spiritual soul. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word. Why? Because the Word is Jesus. Isn't it astounding how there is this an assault on the Word of God? To deny its authenticity, to try and describe it as being antiquated, old-fashioned, saying that, well, certain things in Scripture don't apply any longer. That was for then, but this is now. Heaven and earth will pass away. That's what the Scripture says. But His Word will remain steadfast and true forever. There's no ending to His Word. Do you know scripture says he exalts his word even above his name? Why do you think that's so? Because the reason the name of the Lord is all authoritative is because the word of the Lord stands behind his name. Have you ever heard the idiom, my word is my bond? God takes that seriously. And his word is his bond. And that's what will feed our faith so that no matter what the transition is, A door closes, it it opens a new door, we're facing the unknown. It's scary, I get it, I've been there. I'm 66 years old, I've lived life and there's a lot of life ahead of me for His glory. But the unknown, I've got to tell you, in the natural, I don't like it. But I have chosen to make a statement of faith and say, Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do it. You lead and I'll follow. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. I am yours and you are mine. I am not my own. As Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So we die to our own agendas. We die to our ego. There should be no ego, especially in ministry. It's all about the Lord. He must increase and we must decrease. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So again, stepping into the unknown, it involves faith. How many of you want an extra measure of faith for 2023? I'm going to put my hands, my legs, everything in the air. I'll take an extra measure. Let's go back to the prophet Elijah. Look at 1 Kings 17, 8 through 10. Then the word of the Lord, because remember, we're talking about closed doors and open doors and faith. Then the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah saying, arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he had come to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. So just as God spoke, it came to pass. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. This was Elijah's second open door. The first is after he left the prophetic word for the nation to hear. He was led by the brook and Cherith. Now the brook had dried up. That door closed. And God instructed him to move to the next, the second open door. And this door is what provided for Elijah. But it not only provided for him, and this is how God works, because when we're faithful, our faithfulness will not only bless God, but it will bring blessing on others. Amen. There's always a rippling effect from our obedience. So not only did God provide for Elijah, but he also provided for a widow and her son. Look at 1 Kings 7, 13, 14. And Elijah said to her, the woman, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake, from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son now there the woman had just said to elijah prior i only have enough meal and oil left to make a small cake for my son and i we're going to eat it and die so she was hopeless i mean she was speaking what reality was but not god's reality and god had sent this prophet there just in time to spare her life and the life of her son And notice how Elijah, knowing there's only enough for one cake, but yet he prophetically speaks by faith in this verse. And he says, do not fear, go and do as as you have said, make that one cake. But make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself. Elijah knew that God was going to multiply that oil and that meal. He spoke it by faith. He knew that God didn't bring him to this place for the remaining amount of time, and Elijah at that time didn't know how much time was remaining. He just knew that three and one-half years had passed, and he was still waiting on God for when the Lord would say, drought over, call for the heavens to open. And so he prophesied by faith that God would provide for this woman however long her need would be there until the drought had come to an end. For thus says the Lord God, verse 14, of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. God blessed Elijah's obedience. and He's no different than us. Scripture says he, he had like passions just like us. He knew what it was to feel discouraged and get depressed. Any of you ever been discouraged or depressed? Here's a great man of faith that caught fire down from heaven. Challenged the prophets of Baal. And yet after one of his greatest victories, he had his greatest despair. But God still loved him. God still had a plan. God understands our humanity. Even more so because Jesus took on humanity, was tempted in every way like us, yet without sin. Jesus knows what it is to be tempted he knows what it is to be hungry. You don't go 40 days and 40 nights without food and not get hungry. Oh, He was God. He was fully God, but He was fully man. He had to sleep like us. He had limitations. He had to depend on the Holy Spirit just like we do. Why? Because He removed part of His divinity when He took on human form. He was still fully divine, but it was the Holy Spirit indwelling within Him that empowered His humanity To do the miraculous, to defy at times the laws of nature. He understood. He walked it first so that he could set the standard, set the example. That's why I've always said God expects higher levels of excellence from leaders. Why? Because we set the standard. And if we set the bar low, then everyone under us will. Work at a lower level. But if we set it high, not for our ego, but for the glory of Jesus. How many of you believe that Jesus matters? How many of you believe that the Great Commission is still as important today as it was when it was first given 2,000 years ago? And so Jesus knows what it is. He set the bar. Why? To show us that it's achievable. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a lot of things we all face. Aren't you glad that we have the promise of God already? That we can accomplish that thing? I can do all things. That ministry. Whatever is needed and and designed for our life, we can do all things. Some of you, maybe you've been given a new position at your job. You say, I don't know if I can do this. You can do all things. If God closed the old door and opened the new door, it's for you. Maybe God's challenging some of you to step up in ministry. Maybe there's some, some of that trepidation, intimidation. You can do all things. See, it's not about what we bring to the table. It's about what He brings to the table within us so that all of that resource, all of His ability, all of His might can translate through us. When you lay hands on the sick, you're not doing that. You're just being a conduit. You're being a channel and say, Holy Spirit, you live within me. One of your gifts is healing. One of your gifts is miracles. I pray a miracle. I pray healing over this man or this woman. In Jesus' name, you're not the healer. Christ is the healer. But because it's the unknown, it can be challenging. What if they die? What if they don't? What if they get healed? Don't allow the unknown to determine your level of faith. Praise the Lord. Think about this. Elijah's obedience brought blessing to that widow and her son. And it set in motion the miracle that would carry them through the remaining, known to God only, three and one-half years of famine and drought. Now, what would have happened if Elijah had refused to walk through this open door. Lord, I like it at this brook. You know, it's comfortable here. The rains will come back. I'll just wait for the rain to return. Don't think for God. Let God think for you. Somebody shout me down. That's why when it comes to faith, don't think. Trust. 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 How many of you have ever had your father or your mother say to you, do you trust me? How many of you have ever had someone close and dear to your life say to you, do you trust me? God is saying, do you trust me? And he doesn't falter. He doesn't fail. He doesn't stumble. He knows it all. He sees it all. The God who never sleeps. The God who never blinks. A blink can disrupt perception for just a moment. But God, He sees it all. Amen? Amen. And He's got your six. He's got your back. We can trust Him. Stepping through an open door. You know what it takes? My closing point. Courage. Courage is an undervalued word. At times, it's a misunderstood word. Courage. Everybody say courage those of you watching online, just right now make a comment on Facebook or YouTube. Say courage. Courage. Do you know courage enables people to move beyond their limitations? Think of the great heroes throughout history where they defied limitations. They defied realistic expectations. But yet because of courage, something enabled them to rise not only to, but beyond the moment. Look at the three Hebrews in Daniel 3, 17 and 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here, because they would not bow down and worship the golden image, the idol, the demon god of Nebuchadnezzar, they were thrown into the fire furnace. Let's look at this. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning Fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, these guys were all in. Even if we die, if not, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. The courage they displayed. Why? Because they were men of faith. Faith is the undergirding of courage. And it was their faith that empowered them to do what? Believe God. You see, when you're in a moment, when you're challenged and it's the unknown, this was an open door. They weren't sure they wanted to walk into a fire furnace. If you saw an open door into a furnace, how many of you would say, hey, I'm all in, let's go. But they had to trust. This was not the kind of open door they would have chosen. Some of us say the same thing. I, I, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm not choosing that door. That's what Jonah did, and look what happened to him. Go to Nineveh. He went to Tarshish. He wound up at an B- Airbnb in the belly of a big fish. <laughs> three days and three nights, and he didn't get out until he yielded to the will of God. And then when he did, it was great. Revival. A move of the Spirit. God blessed his ministry. Don't think for your ministry. Let God think for your ministry. Well, that's not for me. How do you know, J.S. God? Their faith empowered them to believe God, which in turn gave birth to their courage. Do you know courage will motivate ordinary people to do extraordinary exploits? I love that. I'm going to say that one more time. Courage will motivate ordinary people to do extraordinary exploits. We see this with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and countless others throughout Scripture. What am I saying? Courage opened the door for their miracle. You see, God goes before us. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. Do you all see that? Write that down on your sermon notes on the back of your bulletin. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Come on, give Him praise. When one door shuts, another door is waiting. God's already prepared the door. This is how the Lord leads us. We see it in our text. Close doors, open doors. You ever try to go through a closed door? You're going to hurt yourself. So what am I saying? Don't fear the unknown. Embrace it. How many of you are facing the unknown? We all are. Don't fear it. Embrace it. In closing, 2022, the door has closed. We can't recapture. It's done. It's gone. But 2023 is the opening of a new door. I want to encourage you, don't fear the change, don't fear the challenge, but rather embrace this transition with courage. God is the one who closes doors. So don't blame people if a door closed. Don't blame Satan if a door closed. Scripture says God opens And God closes. If it's for you, the door will open. If it's not, don't force it. Don't cop an attitude. Give God praise. Say, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. Thank you, Lord. Embrace this transition with courage. God shuts one door so we can step through and into the open door. Amen. How many of you are ready to step through your open door? How many? What is it you're facing? What is it that's unknown to you? Bring your future to this altar this morning. I mean it. Just don't sit in the chair like you may do at different times, at different services that you attend. But I want to encourage all of us today to bring our futures to this altar. And when you bring your future to the altar, lay down your fear of the future. Lay down the apprehension that accompanies the thought of the future. I want to encourage everyone to embrace the open door that God has brought or is about to bring to your life be a man or a woman of courage embrace the open door your destiny this is how important it is your destiny is waiting for you and it's in his presence i want everyone to stand I want those of you who are saying, Lord, my life is yours and I embrace the closed door and I embrace the open door. Your will for my life, your destiny, I embrace it and I trust you with my future to bring me the wisdom, to bring me the peace, to bring and provide the direction. Lord, I am trusting you. And I will step through the open door with courage. As the worship team leads us in a time of praise, I want to open these altars and encourage people to step out right now. Bring your future and say yes to the Lord. Amen. I want to say thank you to everyone who worshiped with us online, and we will look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.